1: Greetings and welcome to the BH Photography Podcast. It is the end of the year, and what we're going to do today is review all of the episodes that we recorded this year, talk about the ones we liked, and see if we can come up with a common factor of which one of these episodes was our favorite between John, Jason, and myself. It, it's funny because uh, uh, yesterday John made up a whole list of all of the episodes we did this past year, and I, I'm looking through it, and it really is amazingly varied the kind of subjects that we hit, stuff that's Really serious and and provoking, and some stuff that's kind of fun and loose. But uh, provocative, I, I'm, I'm provocative. You mean? Provocative, yes. <laughs> okay, I love those multi-syllable <laughs> words. Thank you, John. You, gotta, you bail me out all the time. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's really impressive. And and I could say that I, I think we're really proud of uh, the kind of work that we've been doing here and the ideas we've been putting out there. And uh, it seems that uh, most of our and listeners the seem we've to, had, yeah. and the guests and yeah, everybody yeah. seems to be on, on board. And it's terrific. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we really enjoy doing that. Anyway, all of that said, uh, I went through our list and I picked out about a half dozen episodes that really got me, going. starting with the beginning of the year. Um, I think everybody will be uh, on board with Norman Reedus, Art as art Is As Art Does. Um, that was an amazing episode. Uh, there was a buzz in this whole building that day. Yeah, it was really, true. really interesting.
2: Yeah. Um well, we should yeah. just throw in some context, you know, People who don't know Norman Reedus, an actor and a photographer from The Walking Dead, and the guy with the crossbow, the, the guy yeah, with the crossbow, crossbow Daryl, Daryl, and uh, <laughs> and you know, an actor in movies and and you know, really nice guy, and yeah, he just talked about his photography and and he was great, yeah, and so he was I a re-
1: just a regular guy. I mean, it was kind of nice, unbelievably humble,
2: yes, and that uh, episode has to go on the list just because it was him, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're right, you know, the doorman of the building people who work for us were like running down the street
3: to catch up to him. And <laughs> they never realized what a, yeah. what a star he is. Yeah, yeah. I think more people learn that that work at B&H that we actually do a podcast Absolutely. that day. Absolutely. Yes. Then, <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Now they know what goes on in this room. I'll tell you, full cool. disclosure, okay, I had never watched any of his shows before and the evening before the show I watched three episodes just to get an idea what was going on uh-huh. but yeah. I enjoyed it and I watched more since of that so uh, it was it was, cool. it was was good for me. Yeah. I want to
2: see the the motorcycle show that he's doing that where he Goes around the country. I or, saw a
1: couple of episodes. Yeah, it's a lot. I saw, lot of I saw fun. some
2: too, but I'd like yep. to catch up with it again. Yeah. So anyway, anyway,
1: another episode I really liked was the uh, Franken cameras with the camera doctor, mm-hmm. uh, and it was interesting talking about blending technologies of old and new, and and his and 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 Frank's background. This absolutely amazing mm-hmm. the stuff. Mm-hmm. Eleanor Kurushi, a hurricane in its perfect power. That was a very gripping episode for me. She has an amazing personality, amazing insights. Her pictures blew me away. I mean, I opened up her book, Mother, and I'm going through this stuff, and I'm saying, here's a person who is, like, not afraid of anything, who just goes for everything in her gut. Really provocative stuff and really, really nice. Episode 24 of this particular year was uh, we did The Legends. This was at one of the shows we covered. Keith Carter, in particular. I could listen to this man talk all day long. Aside from being an amazing photographer, Mm -hmm. He can talk and
3: tell stories and stuff. You guys had a pretty good report. That yeah. was good.
2: Yeah, that was yeah. fun. I mean, that this guy's this guy real. He's yeah. real. All, that episode also had um, Doug Kirkland, Doug Kirkland, a yes. legend, and Joyce Tennyson, who was great. Uh, yes. So we we pieced yeah. them together into a little in a little thing, and it was good. And Joy, FYI, Joyce Tennyson,
3: by the way, I had I hadn't um, known about her work before that, and I love it. Yeah, I, she's, but, she's, yeah brilliant. she's she's awesome. a great speaker. Yeah. We got
2: some good responses. To that episode, mostly for the fact that so many they influenced so many people. Uh, some great photographers came out and said, "Wow, you know that was a great chat with her." Yeah. But uh, Keith Carter has a uh, a new book, a fifty year retrospective book that people should take a look for. Yeah, in his work. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, his his work is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, to see his work and to listen to his words, man, that is just an absolute treat. Mm-hmm. Was cool. And if anybody has an opportunity to go to one of his seminars, do so. You're going to walk away with a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the last episode, uh, actually, two more episodes. Um, uh, number 19 was the Analog Renaissance and Brooklyn Film Camera. Um, I'm an analog junkie and old camera junkie and stuff like that. I love digital, but I love the old world too. And that was a great show, a lot of fun, very insightful. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, Jay Mazel and Stephen Wilkes and the documentary Jay Myself. That was an absolutely brilliant yeah, two you, and a half
3: hours we spent talking mm-hmm. here or so. You stole one of mine no, on that one. That, that, that was a fantastic I episode. I think we all
1: voted on that Yeah, exactly. I really, really do. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. You got Stephen Wilkes and Jay Mazel, two giants, and their chemistry together is phenomenal. They have, what, a 40-year relationship or something like that? Mm-hmm. And um, the film that he did was absolutely brilliant. Awesome. And just to watch the two of them play off of each other, two seasoned pros no ego nonsense. Yeah, and
3: we had had Stephen on before, and to see him with his mentor, it was just like yes. it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Here's a clip from that episode.
4: I have to put this on a record. Mm-hmm. I know this is going to upset him terribly, but mm-hmm. when I saw Stephen's work, he was an amazing photographer mm-hmm. at the age of nineteen. Mm-hmm. He was he had stuff in his portfolio then that would look good in a portfolio today. So I was very impressed with him as a photographer, mm-hmm. as a worker. Eh, mm-hmm. that's another story. <laughs> can imagine. That. Oh God, I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Am I finally going to be a lot of this? <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Please, have, help please.
0: yourself. Go ahead.
4: He he had come with the idea he was going to work for me, so I asked him. Well, do do you know bookkeeping and everything? Oh, yeah, sure. If I had asked him if he had flown into outer space, he would say, yeah, many times, many times. I would
0: have told him I was a brain surgeon. Exactly.
4: So uh, during the course of events at one point, I had him doing bookkeeping for me, which makes me just as dopey as anybody. (laughs) And he comes to me with a check to sign. And I said, why am I sending these people a check? They're an advertising agency. Well, I sent you a bill, and the bill is for 3000 and change. And I said, Stephen, it's a purchase order. <laughs> <laughs> we get money. We don't give these people money. But, uh, you know, it's funny you asked that question about an editor. I never had anybody with an editor for me. But of all the people that worked for me, Stephen was the one who really looked at pictures mm. and learned from them. All, all the other kids did it to get it done for me because mm-hmm. I had him set up all the film. Stephen, it was tough to get the film from him because he was looking at it. Yeah. Everybody was making sure it was right side up. Mm-hmm. He was making sure it was sharp, yeah. or so that it was well composed. That was him. He really looked, he looked. at the pictures. Yeah, yeah that he was, looked at the pictures. Well, what, I loved
0: that. That was my favorite favorite time to be able to go. You know, we we he would say to me, you know, nine o'clock, go up to Fleet Messenger Service, pick up my film, and um, I would go up there, pick up the film, and then we would. Uh, I'd go down. I get back down to the bank by nine thirty, and I would set up every. 20, usually 20 to 40 rolls, whatever he had shot. And then I'd go through every single roll, and we had these setup cards and I'd write the name, but I would look at every picture and then I'd call him. I go, oh, yeah, I got the film set up. He goes, yeah, good, good. How's it look? I go, oh, it's great, man. You got this incredible shot on roll five. And then you got this other shot. And he was like, really? Like you <laughs> looked at it? Like, And I, and, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, why don't you just come up come upstairs and, and so you can edit with me. You said you called him. He was on another floor. Yeah, he was bank. on sixth okay, floor. Gotcha, and yeah. so what yeah. I would do is I'd bring the film up to six right. and then and then I would sit down and and very much what the film is, is kind of what our, kind of that was a very typical mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. for me. I would, I'd come into work at uh, about eight in the morning and I wouldn't leave till probably about 11 because my favorite time of the day was hanging out with him editing. That's yeah. where we, you know, I think our friendship and I think where he taught me so much mm-hmm. about, you know, Photography, and we would just talk about stuff. You know, it was just this organic kind of magical experience.
2: Mm-hmm. So, are you a night owl? Did you work at night? Did you?
0: I edit always, at night?
4: I've always worked late at night. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah.
0: very nocturnal. Yeah, I remember I'd come in to the building, and I don't know if I ever told you this, Jay, but I, when I'd go, I'd walk up to four. That's where my place was, mm-hmm. where I had a little office up there. And I remember going up, and every Jay would have a had a chalkboard on every floor, mm-hmm. and he would at night literally, I never knew he slept at all. He would be making <laughs> notes on this chalkboard. of, And every day I came in, there was a different note on the board that stuff that had to get done. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I just used to be completely like, what, what, when do you do this? It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just that kind of thing, like who, who's writing all these things. And I knew it was him, mm-hmm. but he was just going up and down. So he's, yeah, very much an idol, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So creativity and chaos go hand in hand. Now, Uh, You are a a powerhouse of creativity, okay? How was it working with Jay back in the day? I mean, was it manageable? Because, I mean, I could see Jay going off in 80 different directions, and maybe you're trying to contain him, or is that not the case? It seemed to be organized
0: chaos. Well, yeah, that's a great description, I would say, but I I think he, uh, uh, for me to just describe what i felt though is it was uh when he's locked in on something you know it's like you know it, it whatever what, whatever it was if it was like his Today's an engineering project. We're going to figure out how to get a you know a five hundred pound air, air conditioner, conditioner up into the front of the main room. Right. And I I come back I, I you know again eight o'clock in the morning I'm back in there and he's been up I swear to God all night long probably fig building this like foam model of this pulley <laughs> system. I'm not exaggerating. So he,
4: he, we did have to yeah, do that. Zorba yeah. the Greek. Huh? Oh no, he's <laughs> he's you know like Rube Goldberg. Like yeah. he's no, amazing. No, no, please. No. That was teasing. not the Rube Goldberg. That, that was. That was serious shit. Re- that was. <laughs> was. I know, was I'm fu- teasing. He was more no, like
0: Joseph. Yeah, no, like. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Your other mentor, uh, uh, Bucky Fuller. Bucky Fuller. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, but that I was had, the engineering side I had of Jay. designed yeah. this whole It rig. was an amazing, <laughs> an absolutely amazing thing to witness. Going from his model to an actual like execution, it was incredible. But that's what the way he is. You know, he kind of, like, when he focuses on something like that, he really plans everything. But I would say, I, I always felt that you know, in terms of foot photography, it was just like, he's just constantly seeing things. So he always had his camera. I always said that, I would say that he essentially documented almost every day of his life Mm -hmm. through pictures, you know, and so like the opening of the film, when you see the slides, you know, to me, that was the perfect, Mm -hmm. perfect description to set up what you're about to see, because most people don't know the scale and the depth of
2: his work. Two dynamos. It was great. Cool. So that's my take. All right. Um, let me jump in then. Uh, Reedus is on my list for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is somewhat chronological throughout the year. Then we had Sig Harvey who is uh, a Maine based art photographer, yeah, art, fine art photographer. Yes. And we also had at the same episode, we had her, uh, the director of the gallery where she shows at, uh, Carolyn Wall. And I just liked that episode. I thought we kind of dug into some, some real subjects of, uh, you know of creativity and and what make photographers tick, and and she's just a wonderful person too. So that, that was nice. Yeah. woman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, was, she was really um, nice. We had uh, a Kodak One episode where we talked about the the Kodak coin, and what I liked about that is we kind of it was a news issue, you know, a news topic yeah. that we yeah. jumped on, and we were able to get the CEOs of the company in, and a Bitcoin expert. This is a like a. a, a ongoing subject that we'll all be dealing with and you know, the blockchain and yeah. photography. I mean, and it's the,
3: obviously a, a controversial topic, and, and they got a lot of flack for, for the idea mm-hmm. and Kodak did. Right. And I like – we kind of held their feet to the fire a little bit, and I thought that that was great. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah Like, yeah, we asked yeah.
3: some tough questions, and, you know, we got to kind of, you mm-hmm. know, do something that we don't usually –
1: no, they, they didn't bit. slide through the hour. That's yeah, for sure. and,
3: and the Bitcoin expert that we had definitely, you know, asked some pretty tough yeah, questions. Years. Years. That, that was That'd pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that, that, uh, that was Drew Hinkus, He's a uh, he's uh, a professor at NYU.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, Chris Buck uh, episode mm-hmm. where he it was just him talking about his photography, his portraits. Uh, and enjoyed that episode. Uh, we had the Kmongi Collective. We had members of that group speaking on 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 their collective and on an exhibit that they were putting out at that point. I like that. Um. We had a street photography episode with Ruddy Roy and Amy like Tushet. Ruddy was
1: an amazing, was a, yeah. an amazing photographer, and the, one of the most insightful people I had heard in a long
3: time. Yeah, he yeah. was great. She's she's great. We've had her yeah, before. We had Amy
2: before. Mm-hmm. But the the vibe was good. Yeah. they're they're both working in Brooklyn. They're in the street every day, and the vibe was good. And, and Ruddy's great. And, and he's a very good
3: storyteller. In very addition good. to being yeah. a um yep. yes. being a great photographer.
2: Yeah, for yes. sure. Yep. Um, let's listen to a little of. Uh, of Reddy Roy.
5: My story is the stories that I grew up with. It's so funny. I'm, I'm saying this. Because um, <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about it the whole week. Somebody said that what I do is I engage in misery porn. Oof. And normally I have a very tough shell. But I'm also a very humble person. Like I'm like... You say something to me and depending on what it is, I'll either let you know with my eyes that you should move <laughs> or I'm going to go away and become introspective. Like maybe there I'm coming out every day thinking that I'm wearing a red shirt, but I'm actually wearing a blue one. So let me look in the mirror again. And that's what I did. It didn't, it still didn't make sense. I'm like, there's a long caption, it's there what I'm trying to do, but still this person, Khalil Khalil Pool, was very specific about the fact that I'm trying to disguise all my images through this idea of misery porn, and so I spent days with it, I, and I don't want to take up the time. No,
4: I. I spent
5: days trying to figure out why he said that, more so than anything else, why. And I remember I had to go to Fuji to drop off some, some equipment and I was driving to Jersey and I was listening to old reggae music. And every song, and we're talking about, I'm listening to music from 1976, which would make me seven or eight, seven or eight years old. First line, I need a roof over my head. The next song, anything that Bob sings, um, Dennis Brown, do you know what it means to have a revolution? And I'm listening to, and I'm like, they're singing about, about misery. And if this is my platform, it is no wonder that I'm attracted to, to these images. And maybe I'm not a photographer or a writer. Maybe I've always been a reggae singer <laughs> pushing these songs through a camera. And it gave me so much peace to come to that realization. That how I grew up, the songs I listened to, the art I saw, the books I read influenced what I do know as a photographer. Every reggae music during the 70s, every song was about the misery that people went through. And so I found peace after that drive.
0: We hope you're enjoying this edition of the BH Photography Podcast. Send us a tweet at BH Photo Video, hashtag BH Photo Podcast.
2: All right. We had uh, Art Stryber, which I thought that was a pretty interesting episode that we, it, it, somehow it seems to get overlooked, but he's a giant also. I mean, yeah. I mean he Point is, taken. Yeah. And, and what I liked about it is he was so pro, like he had his laptop and. He hit every point, and he was so friendly and open, and also very Los Angeles. So that's it, kind of different from our yeah, vibe. And yeah, he yeah. was so
3: humble too. He sent yeah. all three of us yeah. thank you notes. Right. Yes. yes, I've actually in the point. mail snail. Yeah. Mail. Yes, yeah. 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 which is I mean that you yeah. know not everybody. And he followed up on right. a few
1: other things with me also. No, he's he's real deal. He's
2: yeah. good. Yeah. And uh, he's he's a guy that is working in the L.A. the Hollywood scene. I mean, he's yeah, in very Fair. Yeah, a big Fair. name, I mean, that's he's that's, huge. Yeah. yeah, and and he was great. Uh, and his story about his father or his grandfather working in the magazine business was kind of nice yeah, to hear and, yeah, yeah.
1: he goes back several generations there yep. Yep, yep yep
2: uh the gi diary episode oh, which, which was um a favorite for me partly because of how it came about you know we we did a lot of research to get david parks the son of gordon parks and uh, and his book and his photography which is not that well known um, but it's very good what was interesting mm-hmm. yeah and uh and we also had Kendra Rennick, who started a thing called the Vietnam Slide Project. Oh, that's right. So, And we did that for National Vietnam Veterans Day, which I thought was a good-timed episode. Um, you seem to have a
1: lot vested in that show. I know that show meant a lot yeah, to you. you I, really, I, really I, did. I, yeah, I picked yeah, up I, on that. I
2: like the way that came together. And, um, yeah, I like that show. So tennis, I like that we covered the U.S. Open, and I probably like this episode the best because we, or the most because we went out to the U.S. Open and we recorded there with the people from Drawbridge Digital. That was fun. Yeah. That was and a lot the, of fun. the
1: atmosphere was kind of like really yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: There? and we had Chris Nicholson, who's a you know a freelance tennis photographer, amongst other things. But to get to my favorite episode, I'm gonna. Well, I'll wait. There's one more, and I guess we'll wait till the end to do our favorites. Um, but that's just a handful of the ones I like. Are you gonna make us wait? Huh? Yeah. OK. Why not?
3: <laughs> Jay. Okay, so for the first one that I had in mind, I don't think this was the best episode we've ever done, but it, but it, um, it it was also a hot topic in the news, which I really dug. Um, and it was the the one with Todd Mizell. Uh, oh the, yeah, yeah. The a yeah. uh, deadline, yeah. the state of newspaper journalism. Yes, mm-hmm. we had we had two photographers. We had Todd Mizell and Andrew Sang and Andrew Sang. And yep. Yeah,
2: and basically what had happened is Todd, as well, along with. Several daily news staff photographers had just been laid off, obviously part of an overall larger trend of removing, you know, staff photographers from from daily newspapers. Uh, but he's, you know, he's kind of a local legend, and uh, and was able to get, you know, we were able to get him on the show almost, you know, in the days after that.
1: Yeah, it was a reality check for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was and, real time. And Andrew
2: Sang, who is uh, a younger freelance photojournalist kind of gave the opposite perspective or a different perspective on, on the same idea.
3: Yeah. I yeah. And being, being so green yeah. and not having seen the industry, you know, well, be what it was in the 80s and 90s and, yeah. and, and earlier, yeah. it was interesting to see yeah. him. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But he had also walked away from a staff he job did. at the Sacramento Bee yeah. to move to New York and work freelance. So, interesting.
3: Yeah, we
1: Todd should have him back on the it. show. Find out if he's kicking himself about that.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I know. doing
3: Yeah, mean, I
4: remember
3: he said that he uh, that he walked away from that job, and Tad Mizell was like, "Are you insane?" <laughs> 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 we don't have to include that. But, <laughs> oh, we yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Okay, so for uh, my next one is um, you know I'm a landscape photography guy and mm. and um, I, I enjoy uh, hearing about different techniques that people that are a lot better than me uh, are <laughs> using. So um, the drones episode, the landscape photography with drones, I really I dug, Recent, uh, yeah, I ep- thought mm-hmm. that, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Miles Morgan. Miles yeah. Morgan. By the and way, Ryan their dynamic. chemistry was great. Yeah, and they're really funny. Yeah. That that was another part that of that was an reason. enjoyable episode. Yeah, yeah, they had a really good uh, banter between the two of them. There's so nothing
1: like real. when your guests just bash each other. Yeah. <laughs> I
3: know. Let's <laughs> play, like, let's play a,
1: a
2: little clip of that. What was, what was like the learning curve? I mean, did you did you start out with a smaller drone just to learn to fly it first uh, before you started putting expensive cameras on it? Uh,
6: yeah, I mean, I still don't have like a really big drone where, you know, I'm hauling around a, a D800. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it started as small drones, and the learning curve was learning to fly it, mm-hmm. as as Miles knows. I lost one in the Rockies a few years ago, right in front of him, and I've not lived that one down yet. So
2: <laughs> Lost it in one sense. I mean, smashed into something or just over a cliff and never saw it again? or
6: Over a cliff, never saw it again. Uh, cool. <laughs> but while I'm bragging to a pilot about my flying skills. Right, of course. <laughs> and,
2: uh, and actually, that's what got me
0: into drone flying is, is uh, he pulled out his drone for the first time, and I thought, okay, I've been kind of wanting to see this as a pilot. I find it intriguing that you can kind of combine the two things that I do, uh, into one thing. So he pulls out his drone and takes off. And within a minute, I am looking at his viewfinder and seeing the perspective change and thinking, Holy cow, you can get shots that you simply can't get mm-hmm. on the ground. And, and that changes the the game completely for me. Uh, and then he promptly flew away into Never Neverland, and the drone was gone forever. And I thought, this is awesome. <laughs> anything, anything that costs Ryan thousand dollars just to blink is is my type of thing. <laughs>
3: Uh, so let's see here. This one is a uh, kind of a, a, a wild card. I didn't think I was going to like this episode uh, that much, but I, I ended up loving it. This is uh, the B- building and curating a photography blog. I thought there oh, yeah. was some really interesting uh, stuff in there about SEO and and how photographers can get their stuff out there.
2: And that episode has done well, like numbers wise.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, I know we've talked about Stephen Wilkes, uh, you know, because of his episode with with Jay Mizell, but I also loved the episode. With him and his wife, where mm-hmm. they talked about the day to night.
2: It was a good one, and I like that she came because she is, you know, she's the production end of this, you know, their team, and these. This series is so production heavy. I mean, as we discussed with him, and her, you know, they're twenty four hour shoots and blocked off lo- locations in Africa. Actually, and more than twenty four sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. He spent thirty six I mean,
4: hours in the so bucket like, at one point. It's like
2: putting together a little, you know, film, and uh, and she does all that work, so. It was, it was kind of a good idea to get her. It was also nice work. to see
1: the chemistry between Absolutely. not only a husband and wife, but I mean, co-workers, right. which is a unique uh, uh, situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they seem to get along. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yep. Cool. Cool. Um, Another one that I really dug was the uh, Murray Fredericks, uh, mm-hmm. Reflected mm-hmm. Divine. Right. Yeah, a, he has a really unique work with uh, he does with mirrors uh, mm-hmm. out in these in these sort of barren landscapes. That, mm-hmm. that uh, the the work is cool, mm-hmm. and he was a really interesting guy. We actually went on location right. at to Robert exhibit, Man Studios, to Robert Mann Studios and Gallery, and, and yeah.
2: Robert, Robert Mann Man Gallery. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and
2: that came out of the Sig Harvey episode because they they share the same gallerist and uh, and they invited us to their gallery, which is, I mean, for me when when someone reaches out and invites us to to cover them it's a,
1: that's good it's a, stuff That's yeah. a little also seeing his prints no validation, yeah. full size prints was just his yeah. work is amazing but to see the actual right. prints it was yeah. mind
3: boggling yeah. yeah.
4: yeah.
3: and I'm gonna throw one gear episode out there because mm-hmm. um, we really haven't talked about any but um and this was just because it was such a big announcement and, and there was a lot of good uh, talk and speculation about it it was the uh, full frame mirrorless cameras from nikon and canon that was a fun episode because we got to talk about the biggest thing that happened in, in, yeah, the biggest in gear this the, yeah. year geek, mean, speak. I mean, geek, yeah. Yeah. Geek, geek speak yeah. geek speak a couple of
2: other gear ones that were pretty good were the uh, the super telephoto episode i thought that was good the, the joys and challenge the joys and challenges of super telephoto lens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lenses and that got some nice responses one thing that got, I don't know if the numbers reflect this, but uh, we did one with wildfire photographer Mark Thiessen, who's a Naccio oh, photographer, yeah. and that got a lot of anecdotal comments of people who really liked that
3: one. Um, Most of them saying, is this guy insane? Yeah. Well, that was, my—that
1: that <laughs> yeah. was, I think, one of my favorite opening lines I ever had. I said, well, I told him what he does. He jumps into forest fires, and I asked him, are you nuts? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: but, me, but a lot of his work is, I mean, he is the head studio photographer for Nat Geo. Yes. So a lot of his work, I think that's kind of his side gig. You know, he runs into the fires, but he does a lot of stuff in studios and, It's a seasonal
1: gig, essentially, although that
2: season's extending these days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good points.
3: So another one of my favorites was embracing technology in the new landscape photography, and that was with uh, Aaron Babnick and Sean Bagshaw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, That one, I thought, you know, really kind of went over a lot of the technology that pros are using to to find locations with GPS and, and, you know, figuring out which way the sun is going to be facing and Mm -hmm. and all kinds of sophisticated weather apps and stuff like that. Stuff that I never do, I just kind of, when I go out, I just kind of of, you know, do it on the fly and, you know, mm-hmm. and 70% of the time I don't get anything, mm-hmm. so, you know. <laughs> this this kind of links up with the, with the, the, now,
2: the right. Miles Morgan and Ryan Dyer. These are all people that are generally operating out in, out of the Pacific Northwest right? and, you know, maybe we've coined this phrase or others have, but this new landscape photography right. that, that use a lot of, you know, they play with time and, and stitching images and,
3: you right. know. <laughs> And te- I think technology in general, I think it, maybe it's because it's close to Silicon Valley or something. I don't know. But uh, I think they're— It doesn't hurt that, oh, that they have gorgeous theory. scenery, right. too, around That's there. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> get, get, you get excited to go outside and, and try something new. And if, if they were on nice, this side yeah. of the
1: coast, man, it's like, okay, we can I go know. to the
3: Meadowlands and like, shoot gorgeous landscapes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. When I go outside, I'm just like, it's, it'll probably rain, so.
2: <laughs> Here's an episode that was kind of different from what we normally do, but it was called Grunge. British fashion photography, of the 1990s. And we had Michael Sanders on, who is a f- very successful fashion photographer, but he, you know, he, he grew up in London in the nineties and that's how he, that's where he made his bones. So he kind of discussed that period of time and, and the important indie magazines that came up and kind of changed, uh, changed the fashion industry, at least from the photography side of it. And, uh, and he's a great guest and he actually came on again for another episode with, uh, with fashion model, Jane Moore, And they they talked about the interaction between photographer and model, and that was a a nice episode, too. Mm -hmm. She was great.
1: Okay. So, after hearing all of our favorites, I think we've covered half of the episodes we did this past year, and I guess we're going to choose our favorite,
2: Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not going first. Who's going first? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, my favorite title, there's a lot of good titles, and we we joked about this last year, but uh, uh, I happened to get a kick out of... uh, The beef, chicken, or fish uh, (laughs) episode, it was a wedding photography episode, (laughs) and at the end of each one, we asked the photographer what their choice was. That was Alan's uh, genius stroke. Um, No, actually, I think it was yours. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, no, no, I like like taking credit, but that was you, baby. Okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but my favorite episode, I'm going to go with uh, the one that we did with Greg Constantine, and it totally surprised us because we didn't really know what we were getting. That came out of left um, field. and it's called the story demands more which was a quote from you know from the episode and he does some really serious important work he he has been photographing stateless people and migration detention and issues regarding migration for you know 15 years usually mostly in asia but now he's working here in in the united states somebody who had just been out there on his own really busting his butt to document you know some of the, the, the kind of the worst situations going on right now in the globe and uh and we just kind of got lucky that he, he came to us through a, a connection here at bnh and uh it was just a nice guy and and just touched on some serious issues so i just wanted to get that out there for that very reason people should take a listen and take a look at his photography and he was nice enough to send us uh the first edition of a journal uh that he published on his most recent series called seven doors and it's about it's stories of immigration detention from around the world here's a clip from that episode
6: and you know the the thing is with the rohingya is that they they burst into the news cycle and then they evaporate just as fast and I mean you know it now happened over from 2006 until about 2012 that's exactly what happened it burst in the news something would happen and then everybody would cover it or not everybody, but they get into the news cycle and Mm -hmm. then they just disappear. So let me jump onto that too. What's the reception that you get
2: or your work gets and the publication that you get here compared to other places, Europe, uh, Asia... Is there any difference? Is there yeah. any that's different? Um, Is there any appreciation? Well, I mean,
6: you know, to be honest with you, I think that um, if you look at the – if I look at the work of mine that's been published, the majority of it has been published outside of the US. That's
2: what it seemed. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
6: I mean occasionally something will appear uh, – when I mean times, I mean, I mean more Herald Tribune. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're now international. And in do you United have, times. do you
2: work with an agency now? Or no, nothing. Okay. No. So it's all just the context you've made yep. and the editors, you know, yeah, editors.
6: I know editors you meet, you find, you know, you get, you created a relationship with an editor a magazine that opens up doors to continue to keep going back to them. I mean, kind of the whole thing, but, but to be honest with you, I also found that it was all, it's always, I think, exciting to see your work in print somewhere. Mm-hmm. Sure. Always. But at the same time, you, I think that working on these kind of stories, that exposure is so short-lived. You know, I mean, it runs for a day in a paper. It's probably
1: true, more so now. Completely. Be, first of all, world events and national yep. events. I mean, it's blinding. You know, yep. we all checked our phone before we sat down yeah. here. We're going to immediately yeah. check to find out if the world still exists. Afterwards. Yeah. But um, I, I, I imagine one of the downsides of the internet is not the fact that. It gives you an opportunity to get so much out so much easier. You also vanish quicker because there's such a flood oh, of information yeah. that's being
6: had. I, I mean, you've opened up, I think, this whole terrain that I think is just so vital for people to be discussing nowadays. And and I, you know, I, I, I've approached it. Maybe I started looking at things differently about six or seven years ago, and even though work was getting published, the fact is you don't you. F- I constantly felt like the story demanded more, that the people in the pictures it just de- it deserved more than just getting published well, for even, a day or two or a week.
2: Looking at your your sites and I- even the way you present the work, it's different than when and we look at a lot of a lot of journalists, a lot of photographers' mm-hmm. websites and, and their work wherever we can find it. Yours has presented at least these stories in their own sites. It's not about, you know, Greg Constantine and then what he's working on as much as these are the stories. They're chaptered. They're longer. That's a good When point. I first looked yeah. at it, I'm like, is this guy an activist? Is he mm-hmm. a documentarian? Mm-hmm. Is he a journalist? What's going on? And that's to your credit. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so there's, there is that element does come through in the way you present your work.
6: Well, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I really do. I mean, it means a lot. And I think that you know, you uh, creating the pictures and putting the stories together and the projects together are one thing, but then you know you have to remember there's a whole other part of the process of photography, and that's introducing it for people to see. Sure, you, see you know, it. and and that's probably the most important part of the process, at least for this kind of stories and projects that I'm working on. So for me, it was like, yeah, the work was getting published, but it was like, I've got to, I've got to take it further, and that's when I really dove into exhibitions that could be any form, guerrilla style, gallery, museum. It didn't matter what it was as long as I could get the pictures up on walls. And I remember reading – it was funny. I went back home to Indiana. This would have been years and years ago. went back home to Indiana and went to this small town and there was this bookstore. And I walked in and they had a, a, a wicker basket on the floor that was filled with old issues of aperture in it. <laughs> And I went into this basket and I pulled out, you know, a couple issues that really caught my attention. I mean there was one with uh, – I think there was one that f- featured Jill's work. There was another that featured Don McCullin's work. Uh, I can't remember. And there was another one that featured Susan Mysouse's work. Mm-hmm. I remember there's was this interview – with her in this magazine and she give this quote that I swear to God, it's like branded itself on my memory ever since the guy asked her about, you know, what is your, this would have been, I think in the eighties, early eighties when mm-hmm. they asked her this question and it all had to deal with just the challenges of getting your work published. And she said something to, again, I'm paraphrasing it, but she said, you know, what do you do when there's no magazines to publish your work and no pages to be turned. She goes, well, at least there will still be walls. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I even talk about it now, and goosebumps <laughs> right, goosebumps come up on my on my yeah. arms uh-huh. because it had such yeah. a profound impact on me and the way that I've gone about my work and and all I you know I tell you, it's just if I can get my work up on walls as many times during a year. That, to me, is, is my measure, uh, one of my barometers of being successful in what I'm doing. And, I mean, that's why. I mean, like, you know, in, it's on, they'll only be up for one night tonight mm-hmm. at CUNY, but this work on the Rohingya, it'll be up at CUNY for one night tonight. That's enough for me. It's going to be engaging, like, two, 300 people. They'll walk away with a whole different kind of context in their brain about what's happening in the Rohingya community, about statelessness. They'll walk away, you know, doing every—hopefully— Everything that I hope photography and the work can do, and that is to challenge people to think about things, to rethink things, to reimagine things, and and walk away with a little bit more.
3: So the original Stephen Wilkes episode with his wife, Betty Wilkes, about the Day to Night series was my favorite episode. I, I just love the guy's work. I mean, he's so technically proficient and he's all, he's all not afraid to, to push the boundaries of, you know, what's allowed in photography. And just hearing about his process was awesome. And then the follow-up to that where he was on with Jay, we took it over the top. But yeah. uh, I think that original episode was probably my, my favorite. Check it out if you haven't heard it.
2: Yeah, Time Vector, we called it. Yep.
1: Alan. I guess Lest, I got to do it now, huh? Least. Oh, I got to make a decision here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that probably the most, uh, it's got to be split between the show we did with Jay and uh, Steven. I just found their dialogue and their insight to be just incredibly valuable because, again, they're two people who've been out there for decades who never stopped trying to do the best work they can do, who've managed to keep their eyes fresh, um, Stephen's work, everything he does is totally different from his previous project. He, he he grows incredibly with every project he does. And Jay, I mean, there's not much more I could add to what's already been said about him. So that show had a lot to do. And I, I have to keep going back to the uh, show we did on Legends with uh, Keith Carter, Doug Kirkland, and Joyce Tennyson. All three of them were amazing. Doug Kirkland, uh, if, if you listen to the episode, he was the very first photographer I ever – uh, uh, assisted to when I worked at look magazine a million years ago. And it was amazing to be sitting with him decades later and talking about his career. Um, but Keith Carter still keeps coming back to me. I just found the man to be totally enchanting, uh, as a storyteller, and as a photographer and a combination of the two. Yeah,
3: it was a good episode. No doubt great. about it.
2: We've already given our favorites, but I did want to give a shout out to the Shooting Hoops episode we did recently about basketball photography.
3: I thought you were going to pick that, actually.
2: Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. It was really a fun episode and it's a thing that kind of comes easy to me talking to these guys. We had Andrew Bernstein and Nat Butler who are really the top basketball photographers in the country. Yeah. So, yeah. so just that alone made it pretty great. And they're also old friends, so their dynamic was was good. But uh, as a favorite, I'm going to still stick with uh, Greg Constantine. I'm also going to throw in aerial photography with Jeff Milstein.
1: Oh, yeah. That was a fun episode. He's a uh, an interesting fellow. His pictures, I always love his His pictures. work is
3: great. Yeah, yeah his,
1: mm-hmm. his subject matter uh, 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 is just a lot of fun, and I just love his eye. Cool. And I, I think that if you look at what we have here, we have like 50 episodes. Mm-hmm. We have like 50 different kind of topics here. (laughs) As somebody who's been taking pictures for decades, I find this to be a source of growth, just doing this show and listening to other people and getting just new insights into a craft that I absolutely love.
3: An episode of this show makes me want to go out and shoot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's good to hear. Well there we go.
1: There's our favorite picks of the past year and we're looking forward to the upcoming year. If you are not a subscriber to the BNH Photography podcast, what are you waiting for? It's free, it's informative and invariably entertaining. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, and you can always find us on the BNH Explorer website. For now, on behalf of Jason, John and myself, Happy holidays, happy new year, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in today.